Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Maura Z, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is, what is today? Today is Tuesday, December 10th, 2019, and we are reading from the big book. We are in the chapter Into Action. We're on page 74, and we're going to read the second paragraph that starts notwithstanding, and comments are on that one paragraph. Important numbers, 7 a.m. yesterday, Monday, 13,781 is your share ID. That's 13,781, And yesterday's 10 a.m. share ID, 13,782. That's 13,782. All righty. OA's preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. And a vision for you, big book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Now, I will now ask Vicki V to please read the 12 steps. And if you're not Vicki V, please make sure your phone is muted. Thanks so very much, Vicki. Thank you so much. Good morning. This is Vicki V from Long Island, New York, currently in West Palm Beach, Florida. Recovered sugar addict and compulsive overeater. Thank you for letting me do service. Here are the steps we took, which we suggested as a program of recovery. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Step three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Step four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Step five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Step six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Step seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Step eight made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Step nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Step 10, continued to take personal inventory when we were wrong and when we were wrong promptly admitted it. Step 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to prepare these and practice these principles in all our affairs. 
Thank you so much for letting me do service, and I pass. Thank you, Vicki. And Lane C., would you please read the 12 Traditions of OA? Yes, uh, thank you, Maura, for your service this morning. This is Lane C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Rochester, New York. The 12 Traditions. Our common we- uh, one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority. A loving God, if he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all of these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me be of service. I pass. Thank you, Lane, for your service. <clears throat> How our meeting works. Excuse me. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. And if you would please time yourself, that would be greatly appreciated, and I will let you know when you're about to run out of time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirements for moderators is one year and for readers is is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute your phone. And once you're done sharing, please let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to remute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting and a nice clear recording, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the chapter Into Action on page 74 with the second paragraph that begins notwithstanding. And would Julie R. please get us started with reading and commenting on just that one paragraph. Good morning, Julie. Hi, good morning, Maura. Thank you for your service. This is Julie R., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Notwithstanding the great necessity for discussing ourselves with someone, it may be one 
is so situated that there is no suitable person available. If that is so, the step may be postponed. Only, however, if we hold ourselves in complete readiness to go through with it at the first opportunity. We say this because we are very anxious that we talk to the right person. It is important that he be able to keep a confidence that he will fully understand and approve what we are driving at, that he will not try to change our plan, but we must not use this as a mere excuse to postpone. And again, I'm Julie R., a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, you know, the first time I read this, it's, it was like, oh, I have an excuse that I can take time and uh, maybe months. That's not what it says. So what do I have to do? I have to find somebody that is suitable, that is going to listen and not judge, who is going to not give advice, who's not going to talk about their own experience overriding my experience. Because I could have done something that's a crime that could put me in jail, or I could have um, done a multiple of things that we have to do this the right way. So with that said, you know, that one little sentence that says that it may be postponed, I am a compulsive overeater at heart. So I'm looking where I can have something that can tell me I don't have to do something. And to me, I see those words postponed. So it's not that I don't have to do this step. It's how am I going to do it? But when this book was written, we didn't have a phone line that had four or five hundred people on the line where I'm just going to say 50% are recovered and that can listen to somebody's fifth step. They didn't have that. So that, you know, that paragraph is, is based on what they had at the time. So I know for me, if I were to do a fourth step and I needed somebody to listen to it, I could find somebody that met those qualifications that isn't going to judge me, that's going to keep it in confidence within a day. I just, because I know I'm looking for loopholes, and we're supposed to do the steps fast, in order, and if we have to postpone it, there's got to be a super good reason. And in today's times, we really don't have that reason that we can't find somebody to do that for us. And I'm just glad because every time I have done a fifth step, it is like a thousand pounds have been lifted from my heart. I have a path. I know what I'm supposed to be doing next. So, and with that, I think I will pass. So thank you, Maura. Okay, caught me completely off guard. Thank you, Julie R., for your service. So here we are on page 74, the second paragraph, starting with notwithstanding. And if you've not shared in the last day or two and you would like to, we'd love to hear your voice. Would you give me your first name and your last initial only? And I'll repeat it back. Kim G. Elise N. Elise N. Ida A. I heard a gentleman, I think. Ida A. Teresa P. Lynn Teresa S. P. Nancy, Nancy P. Yes. Teresa P. Lynn S. Nancy P. I got, that's my lineup. Was that a P as in Paul, Nancy, or a T as in Thomas? Nancy P. is in One Trick Pony. <laughs> Thank you, Nancy. All right, this is who I have. Kim G, Elise N, Ida A, Teresa P. It might have been Therese. Uh, Lynn S and Nancy P. And if you're not Kim G, would you please star one mute your phone? Good morning, Kim. 
Good morning, Mara. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G, and I've been recovered since January 2011. And, and this paragraph basically tells us the two characteristics that we're looking for when someone's going to take our fifth step. So it says, it is important that he be, one, be able to keep up confidence, and two, fully understand and approve what we are doing at. And that's kind of what I want to focus in on. You know, Julie kind of alluded to it, but this, these couple pages here are based on the fact of the assumption when this was published in 1939 that you weren't going to have access to recovered people. You know, I know there was a, a, some sort of religious person, I think in New York or Ohio, that took a lot of fifth steps of AA people, but they trained him. They let him know what was the purpose of four through nine and what they were trying to accomplish. So my, my, I just want to give some opinion and some observation because I'm hearing a lot of talk about, you know, uh, giving fifth steps to psychiatrists and religious people, which the book does say. But I'm going to use an analogy. When, when I broke my ankle like nine years ago, and um, I, it was a good chance I wasn't going to be able to walk. And when I started to be able to walk, I asked my orthopedist, I'm like, you know, when am I going to be able to run? And he goes, oh, I didn't know you were a runner. I said, oh, no, no, I mean, like, when it's raining out. When am I going to be able to run to the store? <laughs> you know, that's the extent of my running. And he laughed, and he goes, well, i got to tell you, as an orthopedist, I don't want you to run. I don't like what running does to the skeletal system. But I also know from your chart that you have a heart issue, and I'm sure your cardiologist would love you to run because it's really good for the heart. And what I mean by that is depending on the point of view, people are going to give you different opinions. So once again, my opinion and my observation is a lot of times psychology, what's the purpose? They want you to understand. They want to analyze your past. When you're going to a religious person, what is the purpose? It's also focused on you and this idea of forgiveness. When I go to a friend, what often is the focus? I'm going to try to get that person on my side and prove that I'm right. So what is the purpose of 439? It is fact-finding. It is fact-facing. We're there to identify those character defects, those patterns of how we approach life so that we can change and we're trying to get unblocked from God. So, yes, we can go to people outside of people within our fellowship, but I just want to give a cautionary tale that the purpose of the fifth step is very specific and the purpose of the 12 steps is very specific. We have been blocked from a power and all the stuff that has been blocking us is being revealed in step four as we write, and we need an objective person in step five that can help us identify that so we can move to six and seven, identify our defects, move to eight and nine, clean up our path, and then in 10 and 11, become unblocked from that power. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Elise N., it's your turn, followed by Ida A. Good morning, Elise. Good morning, and thank you for your service. Um, I just, uh, this, you know, from a very um, personal point of view, um, I had gone through the steps, and apparently um, there was something missing, and I, I picked up the food again. Um, um, and in terms of doing this quickly, the person that I had been working with before said, you need to find, I can't do this, read the steps again with you. You need to find somebody else and go through it. I was, I resisted that. I felt bad about that. I kept trying on my own to, to put the food down and I kept calling the same person 
and she's lovely. She's a good friend now. She's she's a lovely person, but nothing was happening. So finally, I called, um, uh, and you know, she's also from Vision for You. I called somebody else from Vision for You, and I started going through the steps again. And what I found was, I got to step four, and the same people. Uh, there was a lot of people from my past that like that bullied me like let's say in high school or they you know whatever were in in high school that um, people that I wanted to be loved and accepted by that I wasn't loved and accepted by for myself I wasn't a friend of I wanted to be friends with and these are people from when I'm 14 I'm 55 and they were still on my list and I realized there were things that I really hadn't let go of I couldn't let go of them at that time and when I was away at the conference, um, someone said, you know, if you're really abused by someone, there may be nothing that you did. You know, if somebody bullies you or somebody abuse, sexually or physically abuses you, the only thing that, the only part that you have in it might, could be remaining a victim for so long. And when I heard that, it was finally, I was finally able to take you know, take that from the head to the heart. And now I I really believe if I saw any of those people, I would be able to smile at them and greet them and not have any resentment towards them. It's, it's, I, I have enough people in my life now that love and accept me for who I am that I don't need those people anymore. I don't need everybody to love and accept me anymore. And I'm so grateful, you know, that I went deeper into this. Um, and at the beginning, I kept saying, when can I sponsor? When can I sponsor? And now that it's getting closer, I'm thinking, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm not, uh, maybe I'm not so ready. And then I say, well, that's, that's ego. You know, if you can't be perfect, don't do it. Um, that's not true either. So um, that's, that's what I wanted to share was that, by postponing it and postponing it wasn't good. Thank you. Thank you, Elise. Thank you, Elise. Ida A., it's your turn, followed by Teresa P. Good morning, Ida. Good morning. Uh, good morning, Mara. It's super fun to meet you the other month. Yeah. This is Ida A. from uh, Northern British Columbia, still a grateful compulsive overeater, and super grateful to be on these lines with all of my fellow travelers as we journey to meet our creator on a daily basis with the food down. So bless you all for being here. I love this reading. I understand it differently today. I think I entered, my my math is bad, but I entered the rooms of a different program about six years ago. I didn't understand the doctor's opinion because alcohol wasn't my drug of choice, but I loved, oh my gosh, I loved the stories. When I entered the rooms of OA, I seemed to hook up with people that were following what I'll call the three-column program, which worked for me beautifully. And for either the three-column program was just looking at who am I resentful at, um, the cause, and what does it affect about me. So again, I'm just selfish Ida, me, 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 me. And I gathered a team Team Ida, that was all about the self-pity. Well, if you went through what I went through, and you know, 
step five is not about telling how hard done I've been. Step five is about identifying my character defects. I, you know, it, that's so simple. But for whatever reason, being a visual person and listening to people on that page in the big book where there's three columns, I just missed the fourth column completely, just completely. So in today's reading, when it says talking about the right person, it's so important for all of us to know the right person. Yes, they keep our confidence, but they fully understand and know that we're driving at identifying our character defects. So God bless all the visionaries that have helped me journey on to identify my character defects that have blocked me from this beautiful relationship with the creator. And today I'm on a different path. Thank you. Thank you all. Bless you. And uh, I will continue to trudge. Have a great day. I pass. Thank you, Ida A. Teresa P., it's your turn, followed by Lynn S. Good morning, Teresa. Good morning. Uh, my name is Teresa P., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater and grateful that I'm a compulsive overeater and definitely grateful that I'm recovered. And uh, this uh, the step five is, yes, uh, for me, it's like, and it's always brings up fear. Scary to think of. Oh, my gosh, I'm going to have to tell all these things. And, you know, it's the things that bind me to other people because, you know, uh, as I've done um, many fifth steps and then listen to other fifth steps, I found that, you know, we all just kind of do the same things over and over. And it's left me with that, uh, that feeling of, you know, being happy inside my own skin, happier. And even when, you know, I'm doing these things wrong and I get to admit it again, taking that uh, 10th step and go, oh, gee, there I go again, did that. And uh, so, you know, it's it's a grateful thing. But, you know, the important thing, uh, an important consideration is a suitable person. And this is, you know, very, very important for me because I came from, you know, a very, I want to call it abusive or sick, whatever, you know, the diseases were alive and well. And I always went to the sick people. My family is full of them. So I went to the sick people for help and, you know, didn't get it. And uh, and today I know the difference. You know, if uh, I want to get recovery, I go to recovered pers- people because that's what they have to share. And I, today I can tell the difference. You know, your, years before, earlier, I couldn't, especially now that I've been uh, working with the, the vision group because, uh, the, the 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 intense focus on the big book and on the spiritual principles and on looking at me not as right or wrong, but, you know, how am I blocking, you know, God's my way to God, you know, and it's, I'm putting up those roadblocks and, you know, and I don't want to look at my my mistakes and the things I'm doing wrong. And today I see those are the things when I look at them that will set me free to uh, live a, a happier life. And uh, and I am truly living a happier life, a life beyond my wildest dreams. Do I still have fears? Yes. Do I still have resentments? Yes. Do I still make mistakes and go to the wrong people to share things with? Yes. And, you know, that's that's just okay. That's part of my learning process because I can come back every day and, you know, learn more about my disease, you know, my recovery, you know, what I need to do, my my program. And that gives me, you know, a foothold, a stronghold in 
this world that can be very scary, that you know, for the most part, is truly wonderful. I can focus on the wonderful now. You know, the sun was shining yesterday. You know, birds were singing, you know, and when we get rain or snow, by golly gosh, things grow. And what a wonderful thing. Right. And today when I do my fifth step, I get to grow too. So thank you for letting me share and I will pass. Thanks, Teresa. Lynn S., it's your turn, followed by Nancy P. Good morning, Lynn. Lynn S., star one. Good morning, Maura Zed and everyone else on the line. This is Lynn S., recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. What's really coming to mind right now is what these alcoholics did to recover. They didn't have sponsors. They didn't have phone lines. They didn't have thousands of recovered members they could go to. They didn't have meetings every day. They're doing this work, sourcing out people who they can confide in who perhaps know nothing about alcoholism or what they're doing but they're finding these people. Why? Because they're saving their lives. I just think of the work, and it, it's over and over again when you hear what the early people in AA did. The work they did to recover is astounding. What they went through to help other people, the meetings that they put together and how So many people came because they wanted to hear the message. They wanted to recover. They did the work. And I'm just just sitting here. It really caught my attention. I'm thinking, it's so easy for me. Go to a couple of meetings, got meetings all over the place, listen to a phone line, sponsor a couple of people, take a couple of phone calls, you know, do a little service here and there. And I listen It just struck me today the amount of effort, extra effort. People get traumatized by doing the fourth. Look what these people had to do to do a fifth. It's it's just astounding. It's making me sit back on my heels and just think, Lynn, are you really working the program the way it's outlined in the first 164? Just check, what else can you be doing? What else should you be doing if you want this recovery the way it's outlined? This is, not to make it modeling, but Lynn, this is serious stuff. This is saving your life. So maybe put the appropriate amount of effort or think. Maybe that's what I'm trying to say. Lynn, just think before you glibly go through your day or before you pick up that phone, or before you took, take, talk to your sponsee, think, what are you really doing here? You're giving the message of recovery the best you can to another compulsive overeater. You're extending your hand. You know, put the appropriate amount of, what's that word I'm looking for in it? And that's what's just coming to me right now. I am so grateful for the recovery I do have. Thank you. And with that, I pass. 
Thanks, Lynn S. Nancy P., it's your turn. Good morning, Nancy. Hi. Hi, good morning, Maura. Thanks for letting me share. This is Nancy P. in West Newton, Massachusetts. Grateful to be here. So, notwithstanding the great necessity for discussing ourselves, and only if we hold ourselves in complete readiness. So, I had no, I took it on um, as a matter of course that there was a great necessity because it says that in the book. But I was not um, in complete readiness to go through it at the first opportunity. I had my my listener in my back pocket, my sponsor. She was there ready. And, um, you know, luckily she guided me from the beginning. Otherwise, I never would have been able to do it. If I hadn't had somebody helping me, you know, telling, you know, from the beginning of the doctor's opinion until the present, until this point, I wouldn't have been able to do it. I had already done a couple of fourth steps and they didn't take, you know, and I continued to eat. And, um, you know, I have no idea if my sponsor thought. She never said, oh, poor Nancy, oh, that's so sad, you know, all the things that happened to me or that I was afraid of or whatever it was. She didn't say a word about any of that. And um, all that I knew was that I was taking it as a matter of faith, you know, starting with surrender. Me, the one-trick pony, you know, it starts with surrender. And, you know, I, I didn't, I wasn't, in complete readiness. I wanted to skimp on this step. You know, I wanted to like skate by, but I made a commitment that I was surrendered and that I wasn't going to do that anymore. And I was lucky enough to have a sponsor that didn't allow it, didn't let me stew in my own juices for too long. And, um, you know, and didn't say anything about the circumstances of any of my any item on my inventory at all. Did not talk about that because, you know, guess what? It's not about any of that. Um, and it's not about the food. It's about, you know, getting rid of self, and she helped me with that. Um, So I didn't have a chance to postpone because I had a whip-cracking sponsor that just was on a mission, and she put me on a mission too. And, um, yeah, I I am completely different now from having done this process, and with that I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy P. And so as a recap, we are on um, page 74 in the chapter into action. And if you haven't, excuse me, second paragraph, notwithstanding the great necessity, and if you have not shared in the last day or two and you would like to, please give me your first name and last initial only, and I'll repeat it back. Thank you. Katie G. from Boston. Connecticut. Katie G. Barbara P. Barbara P. Somebody from Connecticut. Linda D. Linda D. Benita L. Benita L. Sandy what? B like boy from Virginia. Katie G. Barbara P. Linda D. Benita L. Sandy B. I'll take one more. Okay, Katie G, Barbara B, Katie G, Barbara P, Linda D, Vanita L, Sandy B, and I think I heard a Michelle just then. Katie G, would you go ahead, please? Thank you. Good morning, Maura, Katie G, Recovered Compulsive Overeater, Anorexic and Bulimic. Yeah, I just want to piggyback on some of the messages that have been said 
this morning um, that they won't change our plan. You know, I'm in therapy right now, and I have a wonderful therapist, <clears throat> but she doesn't understand because she doesn't experience that. I have a life and death illness, right? And so if my if I go to her with a step 10 and she's like, you know, Katie G, that gossiping that you did yesterday, not so bad. Not so bad. Katie, forgive yourself. Katie, love yourself. Are these viable messages? Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. But I'm an addict, right? It's not like I don't – gossiping, resentment, fear, dubious luxury of normal men, right? And so I don't get, I don't get a free pass. And so if I'm doing this step with a woman in whom the problem has been solved – she can say things to me that have changed my life. For example, Katie G, do you understand that that person that you are so angry with was cut off from God when they might have done that behavior? Do you see that when you are gossiping, slandering, resenting, you are cut off from God? Do you, do you see this in yourself? And not over-dramatizing, but not under-dramatizing either, because this, the book was going to tell me, is a life and death errand, right? This isn't just like, let me just therapize. And I have had, I have done many fifth steps, some of them in whom, with women in whom the problem was not solved, who said, you know what, you're right, Katie, this, you had a really hard childhood, and that's why you ate, right? Totally missed the point that I eat for no other reason but because I am a compulsive overeater of the hopeless variety. Not because of mama, not because of data, not because of anybody, but because I'm a compulsive overeater. Now, at the same time, I'm going to contradict myself, right? So the first time I'd done the steps out of the big book with a woman in whom the problem has been solved, step five, she says, I don't have time for you, right? And I'm like, oh my God, what am I going to do? I found another woman. As the previous speaker said, 24 hours later, I'm driving to her house an hour away, and I'm doing my fifth step. Now, that's not because I want a standing ovation, although if you want to give me one, I'm sure my ego will take it. It's because this is a life and death errand. And I have to tell you, as a recovered woman today, this idea, I must not use, use any excuse to postpone. I get lazy, right? I get pissy during the day. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I know I need to do a step 10 but, you know, I like to gnaw on it like a dog with a bone, right? Let me just, I think I'm right. Like, I'm really not. And thank you, God, for the tool of the telephone. Thank you, God, for my, my network of women who are like, Katie, what's going on with you today? you got to do a step 10 right now. We don't wait. We don't postpone. Why? Eating is going to be a step up. This is very, very clear. And uh, thank God, I don't want to succumb to my disease today. And with that, I pass. Spot on. Thank you. Time-wise, Katie. Barbara P., it's your turn, followed by Linda D., Vanita L., Sandy B., and Patricia L. Good morning, Barbara. Good morning. Barbara P. in Atlanta, recovered compulsive overeater. And, you know, first they, they reinforced for me the, the great necessity. Like, this isn't a luxury. This isn't something that's an option. This is a great necessity of what? If I want to recover. And, um, you know, I, I'm thinking back to, because I was reading with somebody yesterday in Bill's story, and, and they just use the words deadly earnestness. We have, like, we look at this with underneath all this levity, because we do have a lot of fun with this, too, and we enjoy each other. But there is a deadly earnestness. We are on a mission to recover. And that's serious business, getting over an illness. But the other thing that strikes me is just very recently I had an experience that really brought this home. Um, because... 
people are right. There are a lot of sponsors around, a lot of people we could take this to, but it is deep things that we may not, you know, it's not comfortable necessarily. And who do we know really who we can trust? Honestly, I have trust issues. So I have to go with a lot of faith in this. But they say that we can't postpone or use any excuses. A woman in my rooms recently um she she uh, kind of we barely knew each other so short story uh, but we knew each other a little bit she knew enough about me knows I'm in vision and her sponsor something came up and she was right at the fifth step and something happened where her sponsor could not take it and now that would be a perfect excuse right well I'm going to have to postpone either I wait for that sponsor or who would I take no one knows me I didn't know her that well she asked me to do it we, um, of course, I agreed. We met. Our only meeting time was very, very early in the morning, so we did. And it was beautiful. She laid before me, what really laid before God and I what she needed to. Uh, we did the work. It was so spiritual and so beautiful. And all I did was what I do with a fifth step. I held space for her, let her and work through what she needed to. And then when we walked out, the sun was just coming up. And I have to tell you, it was one of these brilliant sunrises. And I think both of us were just speechless because this is all about a higher power. And the person listening, all we need to do is really hold space. And um, and it's that simple. But I needed, on my on her end, she needed just faith. Okay, she seems okay. That's probably the most she knew about me. Anyway, I love how this works. It really doesn't matter. This is about working with a higher power. The person, the messenger, will be just right. All right, thanks. Anyway, with that, I pass. Thank you, Barbara P. Linda D., it's your turn, followed by Vanita L. Good morning, Linda. Hi, everybody. It's Linda D. from Connecticut. Um, I've been an OA half my life. I'm 75, that's 37, 38 years. Today is the anniversary for me of six years of, you know, being recovered. That's incredible. I've had every kind of sponsor that exists. They were all sincere, and they were all in OA. You're as, this is my experience. You're as good as your... Um, understanding of the big book and the steps. The first person I had was so committed to saving her own life and mine through, you know, for me to do that work, but through the steps. And I was, um, it wasn't suggested. I was told what to do, jump how high, and I did it. And it saved my life. And she was very specific. She listened. She wasn't judgmental. She had a pad and paper, and she was writing down patterns. She didn't react except to tell me those patterns. And it worked. It worked. It was not just a general, well, you know, kindness sort of thing that was very important not to be judgmental. But it's extremely important to know what you're doing. And I really think visions, people that are very well-trained, really know what they're doing. I had to be debriefed because I learned a lot of well-meaning, 
very bad information over the years from very well-meaning people. It really is, I don't want to say the visions way, the big book way as I hear it on this line. And for that, I thank you. I give a kiss to each and every one of you. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Linda D. Vanita L., it's your turn, followed by Sandy B. Good morning, Vanita. Good morning, everybody. I'm a compulsive under-overeater and a weight obsessor. Yeah, it's fascinating for me. Um, I've been in 12 steps over a couple decades, but I was in a small town for most of that. And so my experience was um, pretty limited. And the other program I was in um, didn't really... I'd read the AA Big Book, but I didn't um, study it intensely, and I wasn't in AA. So to go through this book and to understand the history of it and to um, hear the instructions and also to be on this line where I get to hear so many more people's experience because there have been people who've shared on this who did use up people other than their sponsors which I thought was kind of, um, was fascinating, you know. So there's like no one way to do things. And I'm also super grateful that um, we all, most of us have availability, obviously, to sponsors these days. And that I'm getting more well-trained and people down in my sponsorship line are getting um, more well-trained on how to be so much more effective. I think... I think we all see the phenomena from the movies where the general public gets the idea that 12 steps are just a support group and people just sit around and kind of talk about their problems. And um, I think that's kind of damaging to us because um, the power is in the step. And I also really get through this program, the vision for you, a real strong reminder this is about God because I can tend to get emotionally and psychologically focused a lot. Thank you. I passed. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> Thank you, Renita. Uh, Sandy B., it's your turn, followed by Patricia L. Good morning, Sandy. Good morning. Hi, this is Sandy B. in Virginia. Grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. I have been in OA for more than 30 years, and I've done a lot of four steps, and I've taken a lot of fifth steps, and I think one of the things that I like, I have learned, um, especially when taking a fifth step and a reminder of me of what the fourth step is all about when we write it, and to go back to selfishness, self-centeredness that we think is the root of our troubles driven by a hundred forms of fear, self-delusion, self-seeking, and self-pity. When I um, when I remember that, and I, I kind of link that with, well, if we're all human and we're all selfish and those sorts of things, what I just read, and some people can handle that, but me as a compulsive overeater, that's stuff I ate over. And then when I, when I do my four-step, it's just, and I think about, go back as far as I can and remember, you know, going through the columns and everything. I look at it as proof that I'm selfish, dishonest, self-centered, all of that. And it kind of just puts me in a, helps me to think, well, I'm, 
we're all the same. We all have those issues. But for me, as a compulsive overeater, I once I put them down or when a sponsee is going through that and we get to that fourth column, it's like, okay, so what can I do about it? Kind of starts opening that door of how these are things we need to pray about to help get rid of. Thanks for letting me share, and I pass. Okay. Uh, thank you, Sandy B. Patricia L., it's your turn. Good morning, Patricia. Uh, thank you. My name is Patricia L. I'm from California. Um, today is my natal birthday, and this is the first birthday that I celebrated um, with being out of the food. I've been in the vision lines just for since the end of September and have a couple of weeks off sugar. And Anyway, um, I'm not yet to the fourth step. I've, I've worked it in another program, and uh, this is no joke uh, doing it this way. Um, I, I, I do want to say that it's been really easy for me uh, to judge others and say, what are you doing being in the food? Like just, honestly, I think I did it so much because, well, because of my profession, because I'm a dietitian, <laughs> I mean, that's hilarious. Um, but also because I didn't think that I ate over anything deep and, you know, fear being a corrosive thread. I, I didn't, I don't know. I just, I never thought food would be such a humongous problem for me. So instead of coming to a vision with shame, I came with sort of just a defeat. And, and I found a sponsor um, in the Midwest, and she's working the steps with me. And I'm so grateful that there is a way of recovering from compulsive overeating that just because my weight is not out of control, um, my eating is. And it's cutting on me off from the sunlight of the spirit, and I'm ready to do more work to find out what that's all about because I'm tired. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. So I'm super grateful, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Patricia L. And so where are we? We are on page 74, the second paragraph. And we've got time, I think, for two, maybe three, three-minute shares. Who would like to share that has not shared in the last day or two? First name, Chuck. last initial, please. Chuck K. from hey, Georgia. Chuck K. That second name? Naomi B. Leah M. Naomi B. And who was that last name? Leah M. Leah M. Chuck K, Naomi B, Leah M. Chuck K, go ahead, please. Thank you. Hey, good morning. Hey, good morning. This is Chuck from Georgia. Can you hear me? I can't. So uh, yesterday in a meeting, I was uh, we read uh, Dr. Bob's story, the third member. And at the end of that story, we all remember what Dr. Bob said, that he was so thankful to God that God relieved him of his obsession with alcoholism, 
that he just wanted to share it with everyone else. Yesterday, I was on the phone with a sponsee. We were doing a step 10. And that step 10 turned from a simple problem of being mad at someone into a lifelong resentment that this person had had towards this person that turned out to be their sister. And I'm sitting there, and we're working through our step 10, and I'm, I'm realizing how much of my life I always lived in column one and two. I could never get out of what who they were and what they did to me. I spent my whole life spinning my wheels with what they've done and how bad they are and shame on them and they shouldn't do that and they know better. And then I came to program. I've been in program for five years in June. I've been in vision for a year. And what a wonderful gift to get out of that first and second column and begin looking at the third and fourth column. And I heard it said today, that's important because that's what I can change. I can't do anything about them and what they do. Nothing I can do. And to the extent that I can remain neutral and not be affected and not have an expectation of what they do and who they are and what they've done, I can have a sane, normal, happy life. So happy for what God has done for me. All I want to do is share it. And so I'm listening to this person about in tears trying to come to terms a little bit with the heartache and pain they felt all their lives. And here I am, just a southern redneck, just sitting there listening, wondering, how am I so lucky to be listening to this wonderful story? And now I have another story to share with everyone to say, I believe in the power of this work. This work is transformational. I have seen it mend relationships that have been broken for years, sometimes decades. How fortunate are we to be able to be a part of this work in people's lives? These are moments some people will never forget if they are willing to do the work. And there's a warning in there for me for that. I cannot get caught up in that. I can have no expectation about what they do, because if I do, then I'll kill us both. So I'm very thankful for program. I'm, I'm very thankful for the shares that I've heard today. They mean a lot. I've actually gotten some help on how I need to do step fives in the future, just be quiet and listen Hi. more. And I really appreciate the opportunity to share. Thank you. Thank you, Chuck. Mary B., it's your turn, followed by Leah M. Good morning, Naomi. Good morning, Maura. Good morning, my family. This is Naomi B., a grateful recovered compulsive overeater outside Philadelphia. You know, I'm sitting here listening to the meeting, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, we're also where it says in, in the big book about we don't make a sole vocation of this work. I I agree, but I disagree, because I know for myself I need to be constantly surrounded with my sponsees, with my fellows in this in this um, beautiful fellowship. And to be a sponsor and to have a sponsor, I mean, to give away my fifth step and to take a fifth step, it is just such a blessing. And I remember back as I was also a visionary that took uh, took me through the steps properly back, uh, back in 2013. And, um, you know, it was the kind of thing... I I never realized I I never realized the havoc that I 
I, I caused in my family. I just didn't know. I just blamed. It was easier for me to blame everyone else. And doing the fourth step, seeing what my part was in this, looking at columns one, looking at columns four, and seeing what what I caused. And it just, it's miraculous. It's just miraculous because all of a sudden I'm not pointing the finger at these other people. It's like, wow, look what I did. But there is a saving grace to this because I couldn't go on to step six and seven, of course. And I just feel I just feel so blessed because I recently took a fifth step and I sat there and I thought to myself how this person felt confident enough in me to give away these personal experiences that she went through. I, I was just so overwhelmed. It was just so wonderful. And I feel so blessed to be able to, when I'm sitting at the meeting, to raise my arm that I am a sponsor and I have availability because it really is a true blessing. And, well, like someone said, it's like tons of weight off your shoulders getting rid of all this garbage from the past so God can fill me with new, fresh stuff. Thank you for allowing me to share, and I pass. Thank you, Naomi. Leah M., it's your turn, and Leah, you'll be our last share this morning. Good morning. Thank you so much. It's been uh, beautiful to hear everybody's experience on this paragraph. And I think about, you know, the privilege and honor it is when um, when I'm engaged with another who's, you know, searching for freedom and we sit down for this step five process. I think about, you know, my history and doing the same in January of 1987 and, you know, I was shaking in my boots. And, you know, it was part of the process. I was looking for freedom, and I was told freedom wasn't going to be free, and it was going to be uncomfortable. Um, But there was a race, you know, against time, tick-tock, 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 you know, because the obsession of the mind was going to rear its head. And I might, uh, you know, throw my fist back into cellophane bags and bakery boxes if I didn't get through this process and have freedom from those character defects uh, that were so crippling me. Um, the whole purpose is to awaken spiritually, and that's the urgency of the step. You know, I grew up with self-sufficiency, and that led to isolation. It led to deep depression. And it led to suicidal thinking for me, and I wrestled with life on a self-basis, and I cut myself off from God, and I certainly cut myself off from other people. And when I went through this process myself, It was a bridge to humanity, and I began to, with the help of others, look at life from an entirely different angle. And, you know, that's the privilege and the honor and the blessing of sitting down with another person and doing this thing. It's such a loving, loving, loving act and, you know, dignified as someone, you know, tears off the shackles of what's been holding them back and emerges, you know, into the light. You know, the the text of the 12 and 12, you know, that talks about watching the eyes of men and women open with wonder as they move from darkness into light. And, you know, that was true for me and it's true for other people. And I just am grateful that, you know, I had this process and I'm grateful to be privileged and honored to take others 
through this process as, as well, and it works, you know, it works. We end up living in the light, and what a beautiful, beautiful, glowing life it can be. And so I encourage those who haven't done it yet to, to take these steps because it works when you work it. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thanks, Leah. And so we are closing our meeting this morning. Today's share ID, important number, today's share ID is 13,787-13787. And thank you, as I said, to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164. And would um, Martha Z, Martha Z, would you please read page 164 for us? Thank you, Maura. This is Martha Z. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater by the grace of God from outside of Philadelphia. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then. <laughs>